Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another episode of Nothing But Net presented by Deep Dive Sports. Um, we are back today. It's myself, Evan, David, and Nick here. And uh, we're back today because mainly because yesterday, uh, as of recording, at about 2.16 p.m., we were all hit with a huge Woj bomb um, that we've been waiting for, but was definitely different than I think a lot of people expected, is that Damian Lillard was traded was not traded to the Miami Heat like everyone else or most people expected. He was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks and joins Giannis Antetokounmpo over there. So we are going to get into that uh, in just a little bit here. Um, We're also going to talk about some of our preferred destinations for a couple other star players that um, are potentially on the trade block uh, and where we would like to see them end up. And as we're recording this, it's, it's coming down the pipeline. We are just one week from the start of the NBA preseason, which that starts with an NBA game out in Abu Dhabi, which will be very interesting. I believe it's the Mavericks and the Timberwolves. And then 26 days until the real start of the NBA regularly, um, which we are anxiously awaiting. So we will dive right into it with this Damian Lillard trade. Um, and I'm going to give just the full details of the trade real quick, and then we'll talk about our initial reactions first off. So... It was a three-team trade that happened, um, and the Milwaukee Bucks, as I said, received Damian Lillard. The Portland Trailblazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, a 2029 first-round pick from the Bucks, and pick swaps in 2027 and 2028 from the Bucks. And then the Suns received Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. Um, so like I said, I'd, I'd really just be interested. We haven't talked too much about this. Um, so I'd be interested to just hear each of your guys' initial reactions to the trade, and then we'll kind of break it down for each team. So start with you, Nick. What was your initial reaction just when you saw this? Con- it's actually really funny. If you uh, if you listen to it, the newest Ohioverse episode, uh, you know, I got the Twitter notif- or X notification at the same time that our group chat blew up about it. So we're in the middle of talking about... <laughs> a topic there and I just pause and look at my phone and I'm like what the heck I was like oh my gosh and then Greg and I had like a quick discussion about it so just like I think we all knew he was going to get traded but I don't think that Milwaukee was a destination that I would thought was going to pull the trigger on that one um but that tandem is going to be fun to watch you know as long as Dame can stay healthy I think uh that's probably the team to kind of look at in the east right now unfortunately for us Cavs fans but uh the east just keeps getting better and better but yeah I was I was just like taken back because I I didn't I don't know I expected it to come but it actually happening what happening was yeah I agree and I was I was very shocked not to, of course to see the trade come through we've been knowing that Damian Lillard was going to get traded for so long now we've been just waiting for it to happen um but I never thought it could have been Milwaukee I remember you know a couple times I've been thinking about, you know, where's Dame going to go? And of course, Miami was um, his preferred destination. Um, and I was always thinking like, man, Milwaukee was in the back of my head, just like, that would be such a good fit. But I was like, there's no way they can. Um, and so then, of course, when I just saw the first tweet that came out was just like, Milwaukee Bucks trade for Damian Lillard. I'm like, how? Um, and then, of course, we we see that it kind of was a three-team type deal to make it happen. So, um yeah, I was I was super excited because I really think this is like the best possible fit for Dame or one of the best possible fits for Dame. Um, 
Well, I never thought Miami could or Milwaukee could could make it happen and slip in there in front of the Heat um, to get Dame. But David, what did you think? Um, I know you saw um, our group chat blowing up as well yesterday when we were texting about this. So, what did you think when you first saw this trade come to light? Uh, well, when I first heard about it, my first thought was, how am I going to get into the Brook Park RTA station? Because I was on my <laughs> way to uh, a baseball game at the time. Which is why I didn't. Those last game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I didn't respond with anything. And then, um, but yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised, even though we kind of made like offhand jokes at towards the end of the season, uh, that he could possibly end in Milwaukee, even though his preferred place was uh Miami. And I love how it's like, yeah, I want to go to Miami, and then the team was like, no, screw you, you're going to Milwaukee. <laughs> It's certainly a different uh, culture. <laughs> uh, different weather, too. So <laughs> I get used to uh, negative degree Milwaukee weather. Um, but yeah, I think uh, every team got what they wanted out of the trade um, to some extent. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be an amazing, amazing year. Now, who wins uh, the Eastern Conference? I don't know. <laughs> just another wrinkle because I feel like a lot of people had Milwaukee was always up there at the top, but I feel like a lot of people, you know, saw, of course, Giannis was in and out with injury, but saw them kind of going down to the heat this year, saw their team getting older with Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, um, you know, getting, getting, not getting any younger. Um, And so I think a lot of people potentially saw them maybe not taking a step back, but um, you know, not right at the top with, you know, maybe Boston, Miami, um, but obviously this this changes that completely. Um, so I'd be interested now to just kind of break it down what you think, um, what you guys think for for each of the three teams in terms of, you know, David, I know you said you think each team kind of got a little bit of what they what they wanted, but I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on from each team. So I think of course we'll have to start um with the Bucks aspect of it, just because that's the biggest splash in the deal. Um, but David, do you want to start just on your thoughts on this trade, you know, specifically for the Bucks, which was really, you know, bringing in Damian Lillard, um, of course, sending out Drew Holiday, um, their young player to Monty Kamara, and then those picks and pick swaps and sending out Grayson. So for me, it, it goes back to a previous, I think it was Let's Talk Sports episode. And one of the topics was um, Giannis was talking about kind of like, asking the team to build a championship team in order for him to re-sign an extension with the team. And I think that that was them trying to keep Giannis in Milwaukee. Now, whether that comes to fruition, I don't know. Because like Nick said, that that's solely dependent on Damian Lillard staying healthy, which we all know if he's healthy is a phenomenal player. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's, you know, besides just the fact of them getting Damian Lillard and the player that he is, I think that's the next most important thing on this is, you know, that they were able to really, you know, Giannis all kind of all summer, there were some different rumors and even on him and some interviews were like, you know, I want to win a championship. So um, if I want to do it, I would love to do it in Milwaukee again. But, you know, if I have to do it somewhere else, that's great too. Um, And this is really the second time that, there's been rumors of rumblings about Giannis leaving first time when they went out, made the big deal, got through holiday in the first place, of course, got themselves a championship. 
And then this time went out and made a huge splash, maybe probably even a bigger splash this time for Damian Lillard. Um, you know, we'll see if the title comes along with that. But I think Milwaukee has really shown, especially for smaller markets, like kind of this blueprint of how to keep your star players, how to keep them happy. you got to continue to put the right team around them. And, you know, we know Milwaukee is not the biggest free agent destination. We know it's not the place where, you know, even with Dame, it's not where he wanted to go, preferred to go in his list. But if you're going to continue to put great players around Giannis, who's one of the top three players in the league, you're going to have one guys that want to play with him. And then additionally, you're going to be able to keep Giannis around as long as he's continuing. to. So I think that was a huge piece of um, that you mentioned there, David. But I'll throw it over to you, Nick, too. Um, and just hear your thoughts from the Bucks side of things. I think there's like a couple things that stand out. Obviously, the win is getting Damien. I think they'll figure it out from there. You know <laughs> what I mean? But the the only thing I'm like worried about is I, I kind of feel like this team is just Damien Giannis. You know what I mean? Like now that's great, but we've kind of seen in the past that you need a little bit more year to stars to come. I mean, I think the biggest example of the Lakers, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. If you have LeBron, who's arguably the best player of all time, and you have Anthony Davis, who, when healthy and playing his best, is is a top five, top ten player in the league. Like, if you don't have enough around them or the right guys around them, you're not going to win very many games, and you're not going to win a championship, um, especially when health and certain. So, not that Giannis has been, you know, injury prone in his career, but he is coming off of it. You have Dame, who has been more injury prone during his career. And I just don't know if there's a third guy on that roster or a couple guys on that roster that can step up, help carry the load throughout the season. So I'm a little worried with that. I still think maybe another made, like I love Brooke Lopez, but he's 35, 36 years old. Like there's only so much more you can squeeze out of him before <laughs> there's not much left. Um, And like, I don't know, it, it'll be very interesting to see what they do. Because if I'm Giannis, like, I see that and I go, okay, yeah, that's obvious. But what else? Because it wasn't just, you know, that Giannis got injured last year or whatever it may be. Like, that team clearly had its flaws. It had its holes. Um, and they needed to add more than just weight. I think, unfortunately, as good as Dame is, I don't know if those two are going to be good enough to, you know, put them over the hump again. Especially when you come against a team like Miami that's super deep and plays really good defense. Um, and gets in your face. I think that's the one big thing about Dame is he's never really been a great defender, and they give up a great defender to bring in a great scorer. So obviously your offense is going to improve, but your defense is going to get. So what trade-off is that? You know what I mean? You still have to go up against teams like Boston um, and Miami. You still have to go up against Joel. I think the Cavs hopefully take another step. They have a lot of guys on that roster that can score. So I just think that when you look at the East, yes, of course, this should be a team that everybody looks at as like, hey, if everything works out, this should be a fit to come out of the East. I think there's a lot of questions that people aren't really asking right now just because we're in shock and awe that Dame was traded to Mo. That's a good point. And, you know, um, you talk about kind of the obviously improving offensively, adding Dame. Um, but there is that piece defensively that you're that you're losing, of course, with this with Drew Holiday. Um, my kind of thoughts on it are if there was a team, you know, that was that was suited to, you know, have a big jump in offense, lose some in defense. I think Milwaukee kind of was that team because they still have Giannis, who has been a defensive player of the year, even though Brooke Lopez is old, as you mentioned. He was still, I think, number three in defensive player of the year last year. Um, and 
I don't think Dame has we I think we kind of saw this a little bit with with Donovan Mitchell even last year is like he came from a team that was all he had was was Rudy Gobert to help him defensively where Dame you know came from an even worse defensive situation than that where now if he's playing with Giannis if he's playing with Brooke Lopez you know he might be able to take a few more chances in terms of you know I'm here guarding the ball I can you know try to pick pockets a little bit more rather than you know having to just stay in front of his guy because he knows if someone beats him he's got Giannis and Brooke back there so um, you know we're not sure how it's going to go but I, I do feel optimistic in that standpoint of it and also I feel like the problem with Milwaukee when they haven't gotten over the hump has really been their offense and I mean they're adding a guy that you could debate is um, the number two shooter not just in the league but ever I know there's Clay Thompson, Ray Allen, you know, those guys. But Damian Lillard, when he's on, he scored 71 points in a game last year. Um, so that takes your I, – I, I feel like Damian Lillard alone, not even considering Giannis, normally gets you like a top 10 offense. Now you consider Giannis in there. You kind of have the best of both worlds because you have that outside presence as well as Giannis, you know, who can bully inside. Um, you know, I'm interested in what they can do in like a pick and roll between those two guys where – you know, you can't go under that because Damian Lillard's going to shoot right over you. But, you know, if you try to go over top of it, Giannis is just going to roll to the basket. And so I think I think it puts them in a good position offensively. Um, you know, they did get a guy like Malik Beasley, too, you know, who can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, so I, I am optimistic with with the fit. It will be interesting, like you said, talking about the age of Brook Lopez. This can't be it for them in terms of, you know, we're just going to let this ride for the next three, four years. I don't know if they need to make a move this year, but eventually they they are going to need to make a move, you know, on those margins of, of getting, still continuing to get younger. Um, and the guy we haven't talked about, of course, Chris Middleton uh, has been kind of shaky, has dealt with a lot of injuries these past couple of years, but we saw in that championship run at back in 21 that he can really be a guy to, um, you know, really put the offense on his back. And now, he's not going to be even getting the best, uh, you know, perimeter defender. That guy's going to be going to Dame. And so Chris Middleton can get more of those outside looks. So I'm optimistic to see it um, play out. I think this could be a really, really good team um, from the Cavs fan perspective in me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of this team, you know, a little bit even more than I was before. But I also like the, the fact of, you know, it is another small market bringing in a big player. Um, I think that long-term, you know, if they're successful, I think that can show to players, you know, you don't have to go to a big market to to be successful. You can you can win it. So long term, I think it helps smaller market teams as well. But of course, in the short short term, um, anyone in the Eastern Conference has to be pretty scared of this Bucks team, I would think. Um, I guess we'll switch over to the Blazers side of things. So um, for them, you know, they received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton. Many people expecting them to to probably flip Drew Holiday again when they're able to do so. Um, they also get Tumani Kamara, um, who I believe was either a late first round pick or second round pick from the Bucks this year. That 2029 first round Bucks pick and the um, 27 and 28 pick swaps, and then they send out um, mostly to I think everyone to the Suns, uh, Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, and Keon Johns. Um, so Nick, I'll go to you. What do you what do you think of it for the Blazers side of things? Do you think it was a good return for Dame? Um, you know, what's kind of your thoughts on? It? I I think the getting DeAndre Ayton is like I know that 
I feel like he's been kind of overshadowed in Phoenix because he hasn't really been able to be himself because he had to fit into a role because it's not like they really needed him to score. They just needed him to, you know, sit in the paint, block shots, get rebounds, you know, maybe score 15 points a night. That's what they needed from him because you had a guy like um, he didn't really need him. So now going to a younger team, he could be maybe the focal point. I don't know if he'll be like their main scorer, but I do think that we could see him take that next step and be like a, you know, a 20, 25 and then 15 kind of guy a night, which I think would definitely fit him better if they build that offense around him a little bit more. He's more of a centerpiece. So I'm excited for that. I think Portland has a really good young core and I don't think it's going to take them long to be good. You know what I mean? As long as all those guys hit. So like maybe a couple years and we kind of see Portland back in the mix I know it sounds crazy and obviously when you think about Dame like you say oh you could only wait a couple years but he's aging you know what I mean mm-hmm. we don't really know what the next four years look for Dame and if you if he wastes two more years just being on this team like I get him wanting to move on and I, I, I think the franchise you know I think the franchise did what was best for them and him at the same time. The Drew Holiday aspect of it doesn't really make much sense to me other than them just wanting to flip him for picks. But I guess I just don't understand why they just didn't get more picks. From, you know what I mean? Like, why why the headache? Why the hassle of it? Like, let Milwaukee deal with trading Drew Holiday if they want to trade him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I and, and from Milwaukee's standpoint, this is what I forgot to bring up to there. Like, why? I don't know. Like you, you could have added a couple more picks in because it's not like your picks are going to be valuable. You're going to be in the bottom first round anyway. Mm-hmm. So like in reality, it, it doesn't matter for you to get rid of your first round draft picks. So like, why not? Why not give a few more and hold on to Drew Holiday? And if you want to ship him out, ship him out. Like, I honestly think that team has to look at like Chris Middleton and they had to look at Drew Holiday and be like, they're aging. There's injury history. There's a lot on the books contract wise for them. I had a feeling that they were both kind of in the market anyway for teams that might want them. The only thing that hurts is this new, you know, CBA with and stuff because I feel like teams <laughs> already would have scooped them up. But this, you know, not being able to go over the salary cap as much and all the penalties that come with it, it's just kind of hindering people a lot. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe to make money work, that's why they had to ship on from him. But it just that that to me was just kind of like a weird thing. Like now you're going to have to go through the hassle of finding a team to house Drew Holiday, and then what happens if you don't? You can't not play him now because he has to play under the new you know terms for sitting stars and not because I think he was an All Star last year, so he has to play. You can't you can't sit him because um, you can't sit multiple guys at one time. Like, and he's pretty much your only star because I don't think DeAndre Ayton was an All NBA or All Star last year. I don't think so. So he's like your only star. He's the one who has to play. You can't sit him all the time. So. That's it just to me, it was like it's more of a headache unless they already have something lined up to where he's going to come in. But that was like that was the only thing for me. Those pick swaps, they could have easily been like, hey, we don't want Drew Holiday. Just give us those three first round picks and have a good day. And then you figure out what to do with Drew Holiday. Um, I, I don't know. And then I maybe would have felt way better about the the Bucks anyway <laughs> if they kept them. Yeah, I think um, I know you talked about the financial aspect. I think that was definitely a piece of it in terms of, you know, Dames making a lot of money. So you got to match that. Um, I do think that in terms of picks, I think that's all the Bucks had of their own picks left to trade. Because I think they'd already traded some, well, some of those picks to get Drew Holiday in the first place. Um, and then I think like at one point, maybe like the Pacers or someone has like a, a pick from the Bucks. So I think that's all they 
had in terms of picks um because you can only trade out you know so far too so that 2029 that pick could be really interesting um and i'm sure that's the blazers liked getting that far out pick because you know the nba especially with how it's been recently with stars on the move you never know where milwaukee could be there so i'm sure they see that as potentially one of the most valuable pieces um but david what did you think about you know the blazers um return for damian Lillard? i think that it was fair for the trade for Dame, because yes, he may be aging, and yes, he may still be somewhat injury prone, like Anthony Day to Day Davis. But I'm just throwing a stray right out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's still super talented, um, and can make all the difference in the world when healthy. So I think that they got what they could, all things considering when it comes to draft picks. Like you had mentioned, they can only go out so far, and they can only trade so many um so they had to pick pick up something especially i think financials did come in and play a factor to it uh because of damien's contract uh so if they do trade uh holiday i don't know where he would go yeah i think that's definitely i think that's definitely where it's headed um and i think i'm not exactly sure in terms of him just being traded but i think it's since it is still the off season i think they are able to trade him at any time um so i think that's where it's headed um you know it could ultimately in a couple of days he gets traded and maybe it's really seen as more of a four team type deal at that point but um you know i think it makes sense in terms of you know if you can only get so many picks from from milwaukee they can only send out so many you're gonna get this guy that somebody's gonna want right drew holiday is a valuable player he was an all-star last year like you said somebody's going to probably give you at least one first round pick. You know, I could see the Lakers calling him up. I could see the Sixers, um, you know, with some of their turmoil that they have. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe potential destinations for Drew in a minute. But I think in terms of, you know, when you first see that, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you're like, you know, Drew's older, their team is really going in this younger direction. But when you think into, you know, what they eventually will get, it's really kind of an incomplete almost for the Blazers, I would say until they're able to you know flip Drew holiday so we'll have to see where that ends up but i think it will end up getting them you know probably a first round pick or two and potentially even a a young player with some promise that the blazers would like and um you know i think that's also what they got in deandre ayton and i think that was you know like you said nick he hasn't always lived up to the expectations especially of being a first overall pick but a lot of that was due to the context that he was in you know being in phoenix with Chris Paul, with um, Devin Booker at times, then last year, even with Kevin Durant, he really didn't get the, um, you know, the runway and the ability to kind of do what he wanted. He really did have to just play into that role and excited to see what he can do, you know, with these Blazers, of course, you know, him working with Scoot Henderson, I think will be interesting to start out with. Um, You know, they got guys like Shaden Sharp. They're really a young team now. I don't know that they'll be very good this year, but I think like you said, Nick, if he's able to kind of, um, he just has a lot more flexibility and he's going to be able to grow a lot more because he's going to be able to do a lot more. He's going to have a lot more freedom, you know, on, on both sides of the court. So excited to see where that can go. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, for DeAndre Ayton right away, at least it's not the only, um, you know, young guy that the Blazers have. At least they do still have Scoot Henderson. At least they have Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. At least, you know, he's also not 
the one guy that they're resting everything on. Of course, it'll make the trade look worse. But, um, you know, I'm excited to see if if he's able to kind of grow into a new role and, you know, do more than he was able to do in Phoenix. And I think kind of the attitude will be a bit better, too, because we've kind of seen some aspects of him having some problems, you know, with Monty Williams um, back when he was coaching the team and Chris Paul. I don't think Chris Paul's probably the easiest guy to play with, especially if you're a young player. He really kind of gets on the young players. So, you know, I think him going into a different situation will just, you know, could make the difference for him. So we'll see how that goes there. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, the Blazers, this isn't enough for Dame, especially, you know, if you look back at the Rudy Gobert trade, if you look back at the, even the Donovan Mitchell trade, but it's, I don't know. I think those trades, I don't know if we'll even see something to the extent of Rudy Gobert again, especially just because how it's turned out so far for them. And it's just kind of the context of when those things happen. You know, the teams out there to make that were willing to make a trade for Lillard, none of them really had the assets, you know, to do something like four or five for picks. You could have said, you know, why didn't they go with Miami's deal, get Tyler Hero? But they have those young guards that they want to focus on. And so I think it makes more sense for them to go with this DeAndre Ayton, um, you know, in more of a position of need for them and really kind of, in a sense, also just flip, turn the page into being probably tanking for this upcoming year and seeing who they can get, you know, in the next draft. So. That's the uh, Blazers' thoughts for us. And then, of course, the last piece of this is is the Suns sneaking in to make this a three-team deal. Um, and they received Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen, um, while, of course, giving up DeAndre Ayton. So I'll throw it back to you, David. What do you think, you know, from the Suns' aspect of this thing? Um, you know, what they got, what they gave up? Um I think that they finally got a guy who could play the role position that they needed more than anything. Cause yes, Aiden was definitely talented. He just wasn't the talent that they needed to fill that role. So I think point. they went out and at least made an attempt to make, to fill that role. I don't know how well it will play out, but <clears throat> doesn't hurt to get something in return. So that's what I got to say. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, when I first looked at this and I, you know, just saw kind of the first thing you just look at is essentially Aiton for Nurkic. And I'm like, I don't know, because like, I feel like DeAndre Ayton's already a better player than Yusuf Nurkic right now. Um, but at the same time, it is, it's kind of that, that role piece where, you know, Nurkic is probably more of that guy where at this point in his career, he wants to win, he's willing to sacrifice. Whereas DeAndre Ayton's on the opposite end of that spectrum where he's young he wants to build up himself he wants to build up his value in the league um and so that was kind of my my first thoughts on it of course it's a little bit of a depth piece too with them you know getting bringing in you know Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, Grayson Allen um so I'll throw it to you Nick what did you think about you know the Sun sending out Aiton and getting in Nurkic and those depth pieces in return I I ultimately think the Suns won this trade and I know it'll sound crazy, but listen, Aiden's a phenomenal player. Like I said, I think he's going to do great in Portland. He's going to be able to be the the center point of that team. But they needed to do a couple things. The first thing was they just had too much salary on their roster, and they were going to be penalized for that for years to come. <laughs> so <laughs> they needed to figure out how to you know stay competitive, but also get rid of some salary. And Aiton seemed like the best option, but there wasn't really many options out there because a lot of other teams are in the same boat. So being able to get, you know, Nurkic back, obviously he's not, I don't 
think anybody's going to say, yo, he's as dominant as DeAndre Ayton. But as David said, he's going to be able to fill that role and he's going to be able to play good enough. Like they don't need him to score points. Like, again, they need a guy who is going to get double digit rebounds and maybe 15 points a night. Like that's that's what they need. And they need a guy who's going to play solid defense. And that's what they're going to get um, because ultimately they're going to have enough scoring between the other three that they have. Their other problem with this Suns team was it was not very deep. Like they maybe had seven guys that you were like, okay, I trust you to play basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and that's just not going to be conducive. Like Devin Booker could, you know, go out there and play 38, 40 minutes a night for the whole season. I think he's still at that point of his career, but Bradley Beal is not and Kevin Durant is not, and they haven't been for a while. So what you needed is you needed to be able to get them some help so that Like, especially with this new rule coming out, what I think is going to happen is you're going to see a lot of guys who will play, but they won't play 38 minutes. We'll see like weird things where it's like 30 minute games. Like you might see Kevin Durant go out there and play 28 minutes and then come off the floor and be done. You know what I mean? In some of these games, I I think the reason they didn't do that in the past was just to, they didn't want to hurt those guys' stats or whatever. But at this point, they're going to have to start adjusting and, and play the game a little bit different. But I think that they needed depth really bad. And not that these guys that they added are going to be like starters anywhere, but Grayson Allen adds some shooting. You know, I think they added some defense with the other guys a little bit. So, like, they're going to be able to play those guys. And now when you look at their roster, like, hey, they probably have nine guys, nine, ten guys where you're like, okay, I feel super comfortable with this roster. Like, we have multiple different formations that we can go with that doesn't have to always include our big three like we can interchange those guys out like when you know Kevin Durant's on the floor the other two don't have to be anymore and vice versa so I think that's the important thing for this trade and and like I said I'm very surprised that like you know everybody's talking about the Bucks like they're gonna win a championship and I do think this is a good team I think it's a good pairing but I think everybody kind of forgets as long as these guys stay healthy in Phoenix I don't know if there's a team out there that's really suited to keep up with them offensively. Um, And that's like scary because you have three (laughs) guys who can average 40 points a night if they want to. And in reality, if they did, that's 120 points. You really don't need anybody else on the roster to score very much. Um, You just need them to play solid defense. And I, like I said, I think they have enough, you know, depth to where they are going to be able to rest their guys and they're going to be able to stay healthy throughout the season and they can trust those guys to go out there and play basketball. So I don't know. Like I said, I I think they probably won this trade in the short term. I think that Portland won it in the long term. And I think that I'm still waiting to see what I don't think they can be done. I know you said that you don't think they have to make another move this season, Evan, but I think that they do. I think that they have to do something else. They gave up a lot of depth. Um, I know that they still have a pretty good squad, but I think they need another guy, whether that's another big man or another wing player that can complement those two. Um, it doesn't have to be like a guy making a hundred million dollars a year, but it just needs to be somebody that can stay healthy um, and can produce. Yeah. I think we'll, I think with so many teams, you know, we'll kind of see once, you know, it'll definitely be a wait and see moment. Once you really don't know about a lot of teams till you get 15, 20 games in, um, you know, and once you get close to the trade deadline, you really don't know what teams are looking to do until that point. So it'll definitely depend on how they look, um, you know, for the bucks up into the trade deadline. Um, it will be 
interesting to see if they do need to make another move, how they can do that, because what little assets they did have, they just gave away to to Portland for that. So, you know, maybe it's even we've seen buyout, you know, candidates come out in these last couple of years, maybe. I don't know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of maneuvers they're able to make. But I love what you mentioned. I don't know if I'm fully 100 percent on the Suns won this trade with you, but I do love what you mentioned about, you know, them really adding to their depth and that was the whole conversation right when they got Bradley Beal it's like how are they even going to have any money to have anyone else on this team (laughs) like are they even going to be able to have a full roster of players and if you look at what they've done you know through free agency through some of these trades now you know even aside from those three top guys you know they have guys like Josh Okogie now Grayson Allen's going in there um Nasir Little they even got Bull Bull Drew Eubanks, Yuta Watanabe, one of the best shooters in the league last year. Um, it's kind of amazing. Eric Gordon and Yusuf Nurkic, again, two probably underrated pickups. But it's kind of amazing what they were able to do with all the they had. So like you said, it will be interesting um, you know, to see if they're able to live up to that offensive powerhouse that you know we all kind of expect and know that they can be if they put it together. The only concern I had on this for the Suns was the defensive side of it. And I know DeAndre Ayton isn't, you know, the best center defender in the league, but I personally do think he's better than than Nurkic. Um, you know, Nurkic, I was looking at um, Basketball Index, which has a bunch of, like, really, uh, you know, specific stats, essentially. And um, one thing I saw that really stuck out to me was on Yusuf Nurkic defense, his pick-and-roll defense. He was in the one percentile, which means 99% of players – were better at pick and roll defense than he was, which is, um, you know, a little bit scary if he's going to be your main center defender. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that will work, but it could be just like you said, you know, do they really have to be that good defensively? You know, if they're going to go out and, you know, score 130, 140 points a night, maybe not. Um, also on the other side of that, they have Frank Vogel as a head coach who does have that defensive focus now. Um, We've seen Kevin Durant be a good defender, you know, maybe with him having Beal and Booker, maybe he focuses a little more on defense um, and doesn't spend all of his energy on offense. Um, You know, same kind of with Devin Booker and, and Beal, really all of them, they haven't been super great defenders in these past couple of years, but they've all had more of an offensive role. So they're able to split that up offensively. um, You know, maybe the defensive, you know, maybe they're all able to bump it up just, five ten percent defensively and maybe that that makes the difference but I I was a little bit concerned because I feel like with a lot of great teams we've seen a lot of good um defensive centers I know there was questions about Jokic but I think he kind of showed that he's at least adequate this past year you know before that in the bubble we saw AD with the you know Bucks we saw Giannis and Brooke we saw Draymond so I think that's something at least adequate that you need, at least in the past couple of years to win a championship. But we also haven't seen a team with this offensive firepower um, maybe ever, maybe since, you know, the Kevin Durant Warriors probably would be the closest that we've seen. Um, and so maybe maybe things shift, you know, <laughs> maybe that's not uh, an end all be all of what you need to win a championship. But it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out you know for the three of these teams of course the Blazers will definitely be in a rebuilding state um it'll be really interesting to see especially if 
you know, way getting ahead of ourselves. But especially if the Bucks and the Suns end up against each other in the finals, I guess that would only be like the the Grayson Allen revenge series, maybe. But um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, the teams that made the real big deals, you know, this offseason. Sometimes they don't put it. To, sometimes teams don't put it together in that first season. Um, we'll see if those two teams are able to do that. But before we move on to a couple of these other players that are on the block destinations, those players, do you guys have anything else you want to add on this Damian Lillard, Suns Blazers three-team trade before we ship? All right, cool. Um, yeah. Well, then we'll kind of jump back into a topic that we were we were talking about just a second ago. And, you know, with the Blazers getting Drew Holiday, I think he's one of those top names now right back on the trade block, um, you know, to see where he could potentially go probably you know more of a team that's a contender but I was interested to hear if you guys have any spots destinations that you would like to see Drew Holiday um you know play for next um I'll start with I know that he wanted to stay in Milwaukee yeah Uh, he said like a day before the trade he's like I want to retire a buck and then they're like tricks that was kind of like yeah no we don't (laughs) goodbye but anyways um I would say probably if I had to say anything maybe Utah because they they made a surprise last season and if anything they might need a defensive player to kind of keep it together somewhat um they have a lot of stock they have a lot of capital I know that much but they definitely can afford to trade something away um as to where else I have no idea that's definitely an interesting one um that's not one I feel like I've seen a lot floating around but it definitely is interesting in terms of like you said, they do have the the assets to go out and get him for sure, especially if they really believe in this team, um, you know, mm-hmm. had a really good start last year. If they can kind of pair that veteran presence in with this young team, defensive-minded guy, um, it could be really interesting. So, like when that's... we saw last year with the team, it's like they showed that the offense was, for the most part, there. Right. But, like, we also saw that they needed something else to pair with it. Because it wasn't going to last all season. Yeah, especially, and they don't really have that defensive guard. You know, I don't think Colin Sexton's that guy, Jordan Clarkson. None of those guys are really defensive-focused guards. So that could definitely be something that that they're uh, missing right now. And, you know, if they're really trying to make another push this year, that could be a great move. That's interesting. I like that one. What about you, Nick? Did you have any spots you'd like to see? Um, First, like, I... I do agree. Like, I think Utah would be an interesting spot for him. Um, I, I just front office wise, I just don't know if I would want to put Colin Sexton in that spot again, where he'd have to be the two, you know what I mean? Like, I think you kind of want to see what you have in him. And then as an organization, I just don't know if they really want to win. You know what I mean? I think like right. <laughs> that has to be, that has to be the question. Like, like you said, if they think they have a squad that can go out there and compete, then yeah, you should trade for this dude because he has championship experience. He's a really good vet. He's a super good defender. Like he can still score enough. Like I think that this would be a guy that could put your team in that conversation for a playing spot. And you still have all that draft capital that you got that you could still draft guys and trade for guys and stuff like that. So there's nothing hurting them by being competitive still. So I don't think that's really like a bad option. It's just a different option. Um, Unfortunately, like the majority of the teams that come to mind are in the East. Like, obviously, I think Boston is on a lot of people's radars. I don't really know how they do that financially, <laughs> but I think that they would probably have to get rid of Malcolm Brogdon um, somehow. But I think that that would be a good fit for him, especially a good veteran presence. As, as much as like 
I like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're just not closers. So having a guy like Drew Holiday that could teach them how to close, I think would be phenomenal. And you have Christoph Porzingis. And and I think that would instantaneously for me be a team in the East where you're like, I think that they could win it all um, just by adding him to that team. I just don't think it happens. Like I said, financially, it doesn't seem like that's a deal that could maybe be made, but anything is possible. They, they mess with the numbers all the time. Um, before I get to the team that I think should trade for him, I'm going to say the one team in the West, I think is probably my second team that should trade for him is probably Minnesota. Like I look at that team as they just, I don't think they're very mature. You know what I mean? I I love Anthony Edwards. I think that dude is going to be a superstar in the league, but Cat's just not a very mature guy. And I think like as good as he's been, he just lacks direction. I don't know if that makes any sense, but, and I just think Rudy Gobert is, unfortunately you, you bought a Ferrari and then you found out <laughs> that it got flooded out in a hurricane and now you still have to drive it but like you don't know what to do with it because you spent so much on it so like I feel like Drew Holiday could extremely help that team out at the point guard position um I think that his passing ability and defensive ability would be amazing that pick and roll with the two big men that they have um and then getting Cat involved and getting him not getting Cat getting a Ant involved in the offense and stuff like that I think will be would be a phenomenal opportunity for them um, at least a look-see. And I don't think they're really going to need to give up much, maybe a couple picks. So, Because I don't think Portland wants players at this point. They just want more picks. So, But I think the one team that should trade for him is going to be Miami. And I think that Kyle Lowry is just not the guy they need at that point guard position, unfortunately. like I like Kyle Lowry, but I think he has to be a part of the deal in order to get Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is a guy that when you put him next to Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is not going to have to go 100% on both sides of the ball. Like we've seen that Miami team, we we think that they're not supposed to win games that they are, but I think that they are a lot better than what people think they are. And I think it's a lot because of Jimmy Butler. But when you look at those playoff runs, he gives so much in the first round, the second round, and then you get to the conference championship and he's get, he just gives so much that by the time he gets to the finals, like he's just so gassed. You know what I mean? I think we've seen that in the past two times that they've been to the finals where it's just like he doesn't he just doesn't have enough left in the tank to push them over the hump. And I think a guy as good at defensively as Drew Holiday is going to be able to take a lot of that defensive pressure off of him. And he's going to be able to be a little bit more of a scorer. And I think he'll be a little bit more rested. He'll be a little bit more efficient. Um, obviously, you had a guy like Tyler Hero that's going to come back. Him coming off the bench, you know, leading that bench. He's, I think he's a really good scorer within this league. I think that would be a good option for him. Um, and I just, I don't know. I I think that this team has missed out. I, I saw something that uh, on Instagram that was like, basically the past like, 15 months, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, um, and there was another player, but there's like four superstars that like were like, hey, I'd like to go to Miami, and they never pulled the trigger on any of them. <laughs> um, and not saying that they like, I think this is a good team. I don't think that they needed to go out and get Damian Lillard to be a competitive, compete for a championship. I don't think they needed to go get Kevin Durant. Obviously, that helps like <laughs> i don't think that's gonna hurt you it but does. i think i think a more obtainable guy where the assets that you have you're not gonna have to give up any players i think that they could financially make it work 
um, is Drew Holiday. I think that would be a really good addition to that that backcourt that they would have. Um, and Jimmy could easily slide into that three, and you could play Drew Holiday, Tyler Hero, and Jimmy Butler um, with Bam. And I think that would be a really good starting lap. There's shooting there. There's defense there. There's the ability to drive inside. Uh, not DeAndre. Who am I thinking? Their center. Bam. Bam. Bam out of bio. Yeah, we're already talking about DeAndre. But Bam, <laughs> I think uh, I think Bam is a really good interior big. Um, and he he's really good defensively too. So I just think that that's really going to help. And the reason I say that they need this defense is because not only did Jokic cook them, but what really hurt them was DeJounte Murray cooked their backcourt. Like, Nobody could stop that guy in the finals. And I think if you could stop Murray, it doesn't matter what Jokic does because he doesn't have his running mate scoring. As well. And I think when you when you look at games in which they've lost or they weren't as successful, like Murray was a guy that was kind of locked down and wasn't able to score. Like you kind of look at that Lakers series and as much as they ran through the Lakers, but if when they were able to slow Murray down, that team was not as successful as they could have been. So I think that, adding Drew Holiday would be would give them the ability to slow that guy down um and keep Jimmy Butler rested and a little bit more healthy and the ability for him to be Hemi Butler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think, you know, of course a lot of people are like, well, you know, Miami didn't get Dame. Drew Holiday's not a terrible consolation prize. Definitely better than nothing. So I could definitely see that. And I mean that would be definitely spicy if they were to get him and then those two teams match up in the you know playoffs again they already have a lot of history and then drew holiday of course you know if he's on the heat he probably doesn't have the best feelings for the bucks anymore you know after they shipped him out when he said he wanted to retire there so uh it would be very very interesting to see that um for mine i i kind of wanted to go a little bit different one that i hadn't heard as much um and but think could still be possible and I would really love to see would be if the Mavericks could somehow make a move to get Drew Holiday. Um, and they do have some picks in there. Uh, I think they have the 20, their 2025 picks still. Um, I think they have another one 27 or, or something down the line, but they also do have some intriguing young guys um, that the Blazers, you know, might want to take on. They have Josh Green, they have Jaden Hardy guys that haven't played a whole lot just because, you know, they're young guys and the Mavericks are really in the compete now mode, but have shown a lot of flashes when they have played. Um, and I mean, if you can get Kyrie, his offense, you know, of course, Luca is just, you know, scoring, rebounding. He does it all, assisting. But then you can have that defensive presence, which I think they've really kind of been missing. You probably need to throw like Tim Hardaway Jr. in there to make the money match, um, you know, which I think the Blazers would probably be fine with. But I think that could be another team and another instance where, you know, we've now started to hear these rumblings similar to what we heard from Giannis about Luca, right? Mavericks haven't been able to put the best team around him. You know, they tried bringing in Kyrie. It wasn't super successful, although I think they only played together like 12 games last year. So if they could put to bring in, you know, a veteran, a guy who can really step up on the defensive side of the floor, you know, maybe that, you know, can make Luca a little bit happier too. So, um, that's one that I'd be really interested in that I haven't heard thrown out a lot. Um, and definitely they they do still have the the assets to bring him in. I don't know how financially if it would if it would work out, because again, that's a lot of money there. Um, but would definitely be one that I'd be really interested to see. Um, 
you know, especially with the fact that Luka Doncic can, you know, Drew Holiday is a great defender, but he's not a bad offensive player too. And especially if he's getting the ball, you know, in, in easier situations, you know, whether the defense is collapsing on Luka, collapsing on Kyrie, um, I think that could be another like potent trio out there in the league, um, you know, that could be one, not saying they'd be better than, but they could, you know, potentially compete with the the upper tiers of the the Western Conference, like the Nuggets, like the Suns now. Um, so that would be one that I'd be that'd be thing that I haven't heard a lot. Drew Holiday on. Um, and then yeah. the other guy, of course, who's who's been. Oh, did you want to say hop in and say something, David? I was just gonna say, yeah, that would be interesting. But you kind of like Damian Lillard's injuries. You have to factor in Kyrie Irving's ego. That's true. But I'd also like. I kind of think it's good in the fact that it's almost. We didn't really see this play out, uh, you know, as well as they said, but kind of like when they had James Harden, KD, and Kyrie in Brooklyn, the thought behind that was, you know, if someone's injured, you at least have two really good players. Or if someone is sitting out games for whatever reason, suspended, you still have two really good players. So, um, and I think Drew's, you know, doesn't have as big of an ego as, you know, Durant or, or Harden along with Kyrie, so... It could be interesting, but at the same time, it could almost be a little bit of insurance for, you know, Kyrie's unpredictability in terms of whether he's going to be on the floor, you know, what he's going to be doing when he is on the floor. I, I almost feel like it's just too many ball handers, though. Like, I mean, in, in theory, it's cool, but, like, you just have too many guys who need the ball in their hands. Like, there's yeah, already... I don't think Drew, like, needs a ball in his hands. I think he's, he's played he's that a, role. He's a point guard. Like, he's a more traditional point guard. Like, he's not a guy that's, like, really going to be able to get you a bucket. He's not a guy that can really play off ball. And I guess if you're just bringing him in to play defense, then that's fine. But, like, he's he's a guy that's going to run the offense. And then that's – you already have two other guys. Like, Kyrie's not really – he can run the offense, but Kyrie needs the ball to score. He's not really an off-ball scorer. And – Luca is most successful when he has the ball in his hands. It's kind of like Jokic. Like when Jokic is able to orchestrate the offense the way he wants, it's the same way that Luca runs runs things. So I just feel like like as on paper, it looks, you know, cool to have those three different polarizing players, but it just doesn't work out. You know what I mean? Like I think that's a big reason why they didn't work out in Brooklyn. And that's a big reason why you looked at, you know, when Chris Paul and Harden were together, it didn't work out because you just have like, you have different players who can do different things, but they all need to have the ball to do what they do best. And I just don't know if that's something that would really work. And I feel like it would cause more problems than what it's like worth. You know what I mean? Like, I just think I don't really understand the the whole Kyrie thing anyway. I, I know trying to keep Luca health or happy, but I think that's just going to piss him off more. Kyrie kind of pisses everybody off where he goes. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. The the Another team, though, that I did think about while we were sitting here was, like, Chicago for Drew Holiday um, because they don't have Lonzo. And I feel like he could slip in. Obviously, the three-point shooting is not going to be the same, but he could slip into that role and run that offense. Um, and then they could be back to hopefully competing. But Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of... I think the ship has sailed on Chicago. I think they kind of just need to blow it up at this point. Um, you know, it does make a good, you do make a good point in terms of like, they were really good when they did have Lonzo and Drew yeah. is a similar archetype of player. Um, I just don't know with, you know, what, you know, have, how I, I honestly they've think been. 
recently you know if they still have that kind of even that same attitude that same willingness to i think those guys want (laughs) to those guys want to win so i think as a front office you look at this opportunity and you say hey worst comes to worst we give up a couple assets for drew holiday picks whatever we bring him in and we give it till the trade deadline if it really looks like this team is just not able to compete then we'll get all those picks back and we'll ship ship everybody out of the trade deadline. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. but I think you have to give it an, a shot. Like DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, those guys are still good quality players within the league. And you have those two together and um, their center, who I can't remember his freaking name. Vucevic. Vucevic. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think he's still a quality center in the league. Like I think adding a, an actual point guard to run that offense is something that they're missing because they don't have a guy who can really facilitate. Um, And that's what Lonzo did for them. And Lonzo was also a really good defender. So you slip that in there. Obviously you're not going to have the three point shooting that Lonzo had, but you have the two other aspects that you were getting from Lonzo. And I think you're going to get similar quality in those two aspects. And I think they could compete. Like I said, if they don't, then blow it up. Like, I mean, but at least give it a shot. Like, that's another team where I was like, what's it going to hurt? You know what I mean? Like, I think Minnesota's in the same boat. Um, What's it going to hurt those two teams to give it a chance? And if it doesn't work, then blow it up and pick a guy to rebuild around. You know what I mean? Like, Minnesota with Ant, the Bulls, maybe they just blow everything up. Um, And I think Miami doesn't have anything to lose either because they're only going to get better. Yeah, I think... Yeah, and for me, like I said, I'm like out on Chicago, but I, I see what you're saying, at least if you give it half a season and then you can still blow it up either way. Um, I don't know. For me, I'm just like, just move on. But <laughs> I do want to go back to to um, the Mavericks again, not to harp on it. But I think I think I just don't think that, you know, you bring up the Nets, you bring up the Rockets with Chris Paul and James Harden. I don't think it's the same with Drew Holiday because he doesn't have that ego that those guys had. I think Drew Holiday is a savvy veteran who knows, hey, our best shot to win is going to be with Luka Doncic with the ball in our in his hands. And so I will do whatever I need to do. I'll give it my all on defense. I'll play off ball. You know, Chris Paul, you know, he's he's a good veteran, but he needs he still needs the ball in his hands. We saw that. That's why they moved him out of Phoenix. You know, he still needed the ball in his hands. James Harden and Kevin Durant, when they were with Kyrie, they still need the ball in there. So I don't think Drew Holiday needs the ball in his hands, and I think he doesn't have the same ego as those guys. So ultimately, it's, it's not that big of a deal because it probably not won't about, happen. But <laughs> it's not about ego with Drew Holiday. It's about what makes him the best version of himself. And sure, could he like acquiesce and play off ball and be a primary defender? Yeah, but what makes him the best version of himself is being able to facilitate and have the ball in his hands. So like, again, I don't think it like, has to be though. But that's but it's like it's like Kyrie, like Kyrie's not going to acquiesce like he's going to want to play isolation ball. Like so when Kyrie has the ball in his hands, everybody's just going to stop and Kyrie's going to do his thing. And it is what it is like. But like Kyrie has to have the ball in his hands to be successful. Kyrie can't really play off ball. We've saw it even even with LeBron, who I think is one of the best passers we've seen in the league could not get Kyrie to play off ball. They played so much isolation when they were in Cleveland. And I think that's a lot of the reason, you know, obviously they ran into the Golden State Warriors, but if they played more like the Warriors, like, and they were able to play off of each other. But you have, if you were to put Drew Holiday on this team, you don't have three guys who can play off of each other. You have three guys who, when they're at their best, they have the ball in their hands. And like, yes, 
I think maybe Drew Holiday and Luca could put their egos aside. I don't think Kyrie can. You could deal with that season. But, like, I just don't think you're going to get the best play out of all these guys because either you're not going to be able to have them on the field, on the, the court at the same time, or you're going to have to be like, okay, this quarter is Kyrie's quarter. This quarter is Luca's quarter. You know what I mean? Like, Drew Holiday, you get these eight minutes. Like, I, I don't, I just don't know how you would manage the amount of touches that these guys get. And that's, that's why when you like when you go and you put like Westbrook and Harden or Chris Paul or um Kyrie or like Luca or you try to put all these guys on the same team, like what makes them best is when they have the ball in their hands and they're able to do what they want to do with them. And that's why trying to pair all these guys together like they have over the years just has not been successful because nobody nobody can play off ball that well and they can't play off of each other that well i think luca would probably be the best one but again he's best when he has the ball in his hands and well last thing last thing i'll mention on this and do you do you guys know either of you who was the leader in usage for the nba this past year so who had the ball in their hands the most it was Giannis. so Giannis had the ball in his hands more than luca last year and drew holiday had one of his best seasons ever now a lot of that was due to chris middleton being out he got more touches that way but i don't think it'd be that big of an adjustment um Last year, Giannis had a usage rate of 38.4. Luca had 37.5. So not too much of a difference there. Um, so, I, so I think Drew has shown he can play off the ball. Um, it's it's a different beast also with having Kyrie in there. But um, it, it's it's something I, interesting. I to would look be at. I would be more for it if Kyrie wasn't there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I think I agree. I honestly agree with that <laughs> too. Like it would be yeah, better like if Kyrie Kyrie, Kyrie being there just it. It's just too, it's too much. Like if it were Drew Holiday and Luca, then I think of course, 100%, like I think it would work out backcourt wise. I think that's fine. But with Kyrie, like, what do you do with that? You can't play them all three at the same time because I don't think Luca can play the three. Like, I don't think he's athletic enough and I don't think he's defensively sound enough to go guard bigger wings like that. So you can't play them all three at the same time. I just don't know if like, from a team standpoint, other than, like you said, just adding more talent to add more talent, if it's really worth giving up the assets when there's other guys out there that you might be able to go. Maybe the Blazers should trade Drew for Kyrie and then just flip Kyrie and then they just keep flipping guys and get more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That would, you, you wouldn't like be able to 2K flip when you like want to rebuild, you just keep getting guys and then you just get a couple first round picks, get a couple. But you, can't, first. you can't flip Kyrie. Kyrie's stuck. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But, um, <laughs> Moving on though, um, the other guy, the other, of course, big guy that's been on the block with Damian Lillard all most of the offseason um has been James Harden. Of course, you know, he had some kind of disagreement with with Daryl Morey, and he came out and he said that, you know, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will not play for a team that he is a part of ever again. <laughs> um, and just last night I saw on Twitter that he had a party and there was like somebody in the party that had a big sign and it was like Drew uh Daryl Morey is a liar. So I don't think that relationship is any better than it than it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, but interested to hear what your guys' preferred destination for James Harden is. I know his preferred destination has been the Clippers. That's another tough one where where how are they gonna make the assets, you know, work for him? But I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on where you'd like to see James Harden, you know, if not on the Sixers next year. So I'll start with you, Nick, on this one. I don't I don't think I don't think he's able to be traded at this point. Like I almost it's not feel great like timing. <laughs> well, it's not great timing. And then he's put himself in the same box that Kyrie has. Like he's a locker room cancer. 
Nobody wants him. He's making too much money. Like now Kyrie is still skilled. I think Kyrie is uh, still still very much. I don't know if he's in his prime, but he's not really declining. You know what I mean? Like James Harden, James Harden has clearly declined from where he was in Houston. So like when you look at the type of player that he is, the money that he's making, the locker room cancer that he is, like I don't think he's worth what Phoenix is going to want for them. Or not Phoenix, uh, Philly's going to want for them because Philly wants another guy who can be a starting all-star caliber player next to um, Embiid. And I just, I don't, I don't think they're going to get that for him. So like, cause if they were going to get that for him, they would have already shipped him out. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And when you look around the league, like who, who could make the cap room to get him first of all, that can still be competitive. And second of all, who, and then what assets is Philly going to get back in return? Like, I just don't, I don't see a pathway for him to be able to move on from Philly. Like sure. The Clippers are cool, but the Clippers are going to have to gut that roster to be able to afford to have him there. And I don't really think they're willing to do that. And then what you you're going to pair aging James Harden with two guys who can't stay healthy and you're going to gut your roster. So you have no depth. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. So I just feel like the Clippers are kind of like, like, <laughs> why would we do that? You know, clearly the other championship contender teams, like the Warriors are already locked up. The Nuggets are happy with their roster. The Lakers are locked up. The Suns are locked up. You look at the East, like I don't think Boston is trading for him because they don't need another guy in the backcourt. The Cavs aren't trading for him. I swear to God, if they did, I would just probably quit being a Cavs I fan I don't think they will I really um, don't think so I'd I be don't, shocked <laughs> yeah I don't I don't see Miami trading for him I I just the only places that he's going to be able to go is like a team that's not that doesn't want to win you know what I mean or I, I don't know like what Utah I, yeah, I but guess then it's like you don't want to trade for James Harden because you want to tank at that point too like right so <laughs> no yeah it's just like but then again, he's not worth he's not worth giving up the amount of assets that they're gonna want. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I guess I I don't know. I just don't know what to do with him. Like I don't understand what his problem is. Go out there, you're playing with arguably one of the best players in the, the when MVP he's healthy from last year. <laughs> like what are you doing? Like I don't I don't understand your. I get your beef with Daramori and. It could have been contract wise, but you're the one who signed the last contract. And then you're the one who went out there and uh, you declined. Like, it's not anybody else's right. fault. Like you bet on yourself and you didn't succeed. Like, that's not I I, I just don't I, I just don't understand. So I don't know. I, like I said, I just don't see a team that he could go to to where he could still compete and Philly gets what they need out of it. I don't know. Yeah, they're I was looking up and down the the standings because like I was just looking wanted to make sure I, I looked at every team and it was like you said like Bucks no Celtics no it's already on the Sixers the Cavs no the Knicks maybe probably not though like they're I don't I think they're good enough where they have enough young guys they probably don't want to do that um he probably would love to go there but I don't think they'd want to bring the, him in for what they'd have to give up yeah if, if the Knicks didn't have a good team and it you know what I mean like I could see them making that kind of a move but like no I mean I guess yeah <laughs> so he's he he's if he wants out he's gonna have to go to a lesser team like you're looking at Orlando or Charlotte I, I actually not Charlotte New Orleans not New Orleans yeah Charlotte the Hornets but I don't think even they're gonna want him because 
they have Lomelo, and I just don't. I mean, I guess maybe New Orleans could be a destination. Like maybe they could work out. But again, like, are you willing to give up one of your pieces for him? Like, because that's what they want. Philly doesn't want picks, right? So I just they they are. Philly's either going to have to look at this and be like, we're going to blow it up or we're going to look at it and be like, dude, you're going to play. Like, I don't know. Uh, what... I think that's kind of where, at least where they are right now until they get a better offer. They're like, you're going to play. <laughs> but there, there is, there is no good offers. Like, I don't even think when the trade deadline comes around, that there's going to be a team that's like fringe competing. That's going to be able to look at James Harden and be like, Oh my God. Yes. Let me, <laughs> let me give you one of my good young players for James Harden. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I the yeah. only team that a, I oh go ahead, David. He's just too much of a cancer to do anything with. Yeah, yeah, and that the only team I was I was looking up and down the, the standings and all the teams. I was like the only team that roster wise, ba- purely basketball wise, makes sense would be the Heat. <laughs> like it's essentially the same argument for bringing in Damian Lillard, but I don't think they're gonna bring him in just with his attitude, with what he's done to other teams. You know, they talk about heat culture. You know, we don't know, you know, how much it's really different. But I think they've shown that they have a certain type of player that they like. And they like somebody who's hungry, who's going to play as a team. And I don't think he's shown that he's going to do any of those things, you know, right now. And think think about it this way, too. Like, he he was considering not opting out because he was thinking of a return to Houston. And they instead, didn't even want him. <laughs> instead, yeah, instead of bringing him in, they they paid um Van Fleet forty something million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and then gave uh what's his name like Noah an eighty million, yeah who Mister I talk too much like eighty million dollars. So like he's so he's so much of a negative guy that they wanted to infuse that roster with maturity, and they knew that they wouldn't get that from him, and that's insane to me that you've painted yourself and boxed yourself into this corner that nobody wants to deal with you and like Philly can't get what they want out of you because of it. So you're stuck. You put yourself in this situation because you forced a trade out of three teams within four seasons. Think about that. And then you're trying to do it again. That's <laughs> crazy to me. Like, I, and you know what? The only player that is was able to get away with it is Kevin Durant. It's because it's Kevin Durant. And honestly, I don't think he could get away with it again because people are going to be like, yo, dude, you're a fraud. Like, I already think he's a fraud, but that's besides the point. Like, you can't you can't just keep being like, let me do one year here and be like, okay, yeah, it's not working out. Uh, Yeah, I want out. What are we like? What are we doing? Like, I don't understand. And like I said, James Harden's not good enough to do that anymore. Like if he was James Harden from Houston. He might be able to get away with it, but he's not. And the only reason Kyrie was able to get away with it is because he is still that good, but he's not able to get away with it anymore because people are right. like, yo, screw that. So he's stuck in, he's stuck with the Mavericks and the Mavericks are stuck with Kyrie and James Harden is stuck in Philly and Philly is stuck with James Harden. They're all going to have to deal with it and try to win. And James Harden is an idiot because he literally, like you said, is playing with the MVP who, when he's healthy and playing his best is probably the best or second best player in the league at this point behind Jokic. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like you said, it's yes, he's not the same guy he was, but he's still a really good basketball player. If it was just basketball fit, there's so many teams out there that he would fit. Well, there's so many teams that would want him, but because you can't trust him anymore to be all in on your team. Like you said, you know, (laughs) he's requested out of four teams now. 
Um, so you can't trust him on that wise. He he literally led the league in assists this past year. So like if he would just <laughs> kind of focus on the basketball and not focus so much on other aspects, even if he didn't want to be in Philly after this year, he could have opted in one more year, played it out. You know, I'm guessing, you know, maybe they, they probably don't win the finals. Maybe they still have a good run. Maybe he still plays well. And then he probably gets a pretty good contract somewhere else. But now he just limited himself so much. And I don't know where I don't know where it is, because even looking at the Western Conference, there's no one out there either. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's absolutely insane. It's like I would love to go see him go to New York because I want the New York media just to hound down on the guy. <laughs> because it's like that's one of the reasons why New York teams are struggling so much is because, yeah, you'll get the paycheck. But you also have to deal with the bullshit media that hounds you every single day. You know what? Now that you mentioned New York, I mean, I guess, did we forget about the Nets? I mean, could the Nets be a team that... He can't go back, though. He'd like I, Oh, I guess that's fair, yeah. There, you know? I, I was looking at that, too. I was like, oh, that's a good, like, fit, you know, with Mikkel Bridges. And I'm like, but he burned all of his bridges there again. Yeah. Screw it. I mean, you know, rectify that trade, bro. Ben Simmons for James Harden. <laughs> Have a good day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at this There's point, probably like, both teams would probably be like, okay, <laughs> we'll okay, because you're not you're not getting any worse. But then Ben Simmons is just going to go back to being whiny. So I, I don't know, I mean, like be the backup center behind Embiid at that point. If he goes, if if he were to be back in Philly, he's I feel not like. a center. I, I just I don't know, like. Dude, you know what? Put him in purgatory. Put get, send him to Detroit. <laughs> Honestly, like send him to Detroit. I don't even care. <laughs> send him to basketball purgatory. But it's like at this they point. don't like, even want him because they have Cade Cunningham. They don't want to like stun his growth. I, you know, <laughs> I don't care. Send him to Detroit. Take him off the bench. Twenty minutes a game. Say, you know what? This is what you get for whining like a little baby every single year. Like I don't you. You don't deserve to play with Embiid. That that's honestly like if I'm management, I'm like these guys are so sensitive. Like I would just be like, what what is your deal? Like what is wrong with you? You're yeah. an you're an idiot. Like do you understand who you're playing next to? And not to be like again, not to be rude, but you're not the same player that you you don't have the same pull. Nobody's looking at you and being like, oh my god, I need to have James Harden on my team. No. That's why nobody was going to give you a big contract in the offseason. Sorry, but that is what it is. Like, deal with it. Go out there, play basketball, win games. That's your goal. Win a championship. You've never won a championship. You've never been successful in the playoffs. Why don't you go do that instead of whining about every single place that you go to because something isn't going 100% the way you want it to go? It's insane to me. Like, I, the the way that the league is going right now is it, the fact that even Giannis sat there and went like I need more. What do you mean? Like, what are we talking about? Like, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I understand that even more than than Harden though, because like he he's not he is the guy. He's not playing you know alongside the but guy. That, but but that 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 motto worked. Honestly, if he didn't yeah. get hurt last year, they they might have been able to beat Miami. Who knows? Like, we don't know what they could have been, and that's like. That that's that's where it's at. It's like when you looked at when you looked at the model of them winning that championship and the way they built around Giannis, I was like, every single team should do that. They need to go get one guy who's a perennial like NBA talent and just put a bunch of all stars around them because the money works that way. And then you're gonna have that's more basically depth. What the Nuggets did too, honestly, it's a very yes. similar model. And like you, if you can get them to play above where they're at, like you're winning. And I just don't. 
I, I I don't know. Everybody just wants to whine and complain and like I, I don't I don't know. I think the Giannis one. I think it was more of a leverage play than an actual because he wasn't like trade me. You know, I think it is different than demanding a trade straight up. Yeah, that and, the Giannis situation is a little bit different. Is because he it's like he wanted to stay in Milwaukee. He just expected a little bit better from the front office. It's like he he wanted to stay, but he was willing to leave if it was a last resort. And honestly, the thing, and, and I hate to say this because I'm never a huge fan of, of Philly sports, but it, it does suck for the Sixers and for their fans because you know with all of this turmoil going around with the Ben Simmons situation, unfortunately that's all, you know, that's all rolling down to what's going to happen with Embiid, you know? You know, he's not going to be happy in this. He, he's been in turmoil, basically. You know, he's played well, obviously. He's been okay, but he's been in constant turmoil, constantly having to answer questions about other people, about his teammates, hasn't had a real shot. I know he's needs to step up in the playoffs specifically, but, you know, if they, if they aren't able to remedy this James Harden situation into something that, that makes them a championship contender going forward, it's probably just a matter of time. And I hate to say that because I don't like to tell guys that they should leave, like you were just saying, Nick. But it would be somewhat understandable if, if Embiid, you know, in a year, however long it is, if this continues to just be a messy situation, it would be understandable if he wanted out. And so it, it sucks for them and it sucks for more so the fans because at least like the, the team, the front office, they had some stay in it. More so probably with the Ben Simmons situation than this one. Um, but it, it does suck for them because, you know, they have a top two, three player in the league and they might not be able to keep him around from some stuff out of their own. But um, I think that's all we have for this episode um, of Nothing But Net. We, you know, as we said at the beginning, the season is just around the corner here. So, of course, if anything else, you know, breaks, if we do get that James Harden trade, maybe if we get a Drew Holiday trade. We'll try to get back on and, and get another episode to keep you all updated. But definitely once that NBA season rolls around, we'll start rolling in with our regular episodes throughout the season. It's definitely going to be an exciting one. It's definitely going to be an interesting season, um, you know, and especially with this big Damian Lillard trade. I think the excitement level for me, especially just ramped up heading into the NBA season. So, you know, we are waiting. We're counting down the days, but. We will be back with you more frequently once the season starts, and you'll see us again, hopefully, um, you know, if one of these other trades break. Um, but for now, that's all we have for this episode of Nothing But Net. You know, be sure, you know, if you want to drop in the comments, if you want to share who you think, what your thoughts were on the Damian Lillard trade, you know, if you think the Suns were the winner, like Nick said, if you think the Bucks were the winner, maybe you think the Blazers won the trade getting younger. Um, and we'd love to hear about your thoughts on where you'd like to see Drew Holiday and, and James Harden go. Um, but for that's it for this episode of Nothing But Net presented by Deep Dive Sports. And we will see you all next time.